Hey guys, it's Ariel. As promised, today I am going to be discussing how I prepared for my CASPA application to PA school. It seems like forever ago that I did it, as I'm now halfway done with didactic, but I thought it might be beneficial so y'all can see how I did it and give you some advice and tips if you're going to be applying this upcoming April or know anyone who might, so tune in. All right, friends, thanks for tuning back in. So a few updates. First off, I am currently in the middle of my four-week winter break vacation. I'm definitely enjoying it. Had the greatest time ever with my daughter at Disney World last week. We didn't want to come back as I'm sure <laughs> you could understand. But we had a great time. It was nice to get away from the hustle and bustle and the regular grind of everyday life. We made it back safely, very thankful. Now I'm just trying to take in some time to relax, decompress, watch Netflix, get on my exercise schedule, and before I go out of town again after the holidays to see some family and do things like that. But of course, updates. I know the last episode, I hadn't quite finished my final two tests. So blessed to say that I somehow managed to make an A on both of them, finish out both of those classes with an A. Very, very thankful. Once again, in PA school, A's don't really matter, honestly, but that was a personal goal of mine, and I was able to achieve that goal of all A's by some miracle, and (laughs) I guess hard work too, right? So very, very thankful. This semester was much better for me than the first semester, as you know, before with anatomy. That was, you know, my, my least favorite class of all, but made it through, ready for next semester, hoping everything goes just as well, and I'm going to try my best either way. So we have had, since class ended, we did have another session with one of the volunteer experiences that I'm currently involved in, being an interprofessional one where the anatomists teach PA students, medical students, and occupational therapy students some hand techniques in some research regarding carpal tunnel. I'm really excited because, well, first of all, I love interprofessional things. I think it's very reflective of how our scope of practice will be when we are actually practicing PAs. We're going to have a ton of interprofessional (laughs) interaction on a day-to-day basis. So getting that in now while I'm still a student is very important to me. And specifically, we're going to be actually learning the ultrasound procedures just a little bit. I mean, definitely nowhere near the same as sonographers do. I have a really good friend who's a sonographer. My mother is actually a sonographer, so I have a lot of respect for them as a profession. But I'm just very excited to just learn anything on (laughs) the ultrasound. I think it could be beneficial, something that not all providers know. And it is nice to just have a little little tool in my toolbox there hopefully soon and teach that to my other classmates and yeah just really really exciting stuff happening so of course 
tune in. I know I told you guys that my episode would be airing on the Pre-PA Club podcast with Savannah Perry. Go ahead and check that out. It actually will be airing this Friday on Christmas. So what a great Christmas present for me. I'm really excited for that to air. I've been a fan of her podcast for a long time now and being able to collaborate and talk to her and share my story on her platform is really, really exciting for me. So tune in. I'd love to have you all check that out. Once again, that's coming up on Christmas. So while you're opening the presents or (laughs) eating some food, maybe driving from house to house or what have you, go ahead and check that out. Now, as of course, I promised today's episode would be specifically about how I prepared my CASPA application. So it does seem like a lifetime ago, although it was really not that long ago in the grand scheme of life. But the way I I took it, because I know it can be very, very overwhelming. It was overwhelming for me as well. But you have to kind of split it up like a pie so you don't get too overwhelmed trying to tackle it all at once. It is not the kind of application that you can do overnight, that you can even do in a day or even in a week. Like it's going to take you some time to get through everything and to have a really sound and quality application if you actually don't want to waste your time and you want to get in. Although that being said, many people do have to reapply. That's just the nature of the game with PA school. But you want to give yourself the best shot with actually taking the time to have a quality application the first go around and improve from there should you have to reapply. Now, thankfully, I did not have to reapply. I only had to do it one and done. Very thankful for that. Uh, The way I I started it was my undergraduate degree is in biology. So thankfully, I met all of the prerequisites required for the universities that I was applying to, except for microbiology. So I knew right away I needed to get that done, so I started there. I took it that spring semester, I believe, and I turned in my application, I think, while I was still in the course, but definitely it was done before the application cycle was over. So I took microbiology at a local community college just to kind of be more cost efficient. I did well in that class, made an A. It was great. Learned what I needed to do. Then bam, I had all my prerequisites done. Schools definitely look at that. It's harder to get in if your prerequisites are still in progress. So you want to try to get those done ASAP. And of course, if you don't have the prerequisites and you're not going to have them by the time that school starts, PA school would start, that's a big deal. So <laughs> the the programs aren't messing around. They really want you to have these classes. And so make sure you go to the websites for each university you're applying to. Make sure you know in and out what is needed and when it's needed by so you don't waste your time and money. In regards to my patient care experience, of course, I had several years of working as a medical scribe. Not all schools count that as patient care experience. I think a majority of mine did just because of the nature of my day-to-day responsibilities. I did have some patient care interaction there, although it wasn't the most as if I were an RN or something more hands-on like that. So I knew that may potentially have been problematic for me. So I went ahead and enrolled in 
the EMT program at the same community college where I took my microbiology class. I took that in the following fall semester, so it was after I had already applied to PA school, but it was just part of my plan should I had to reapply or should that come up, I could show potential schools in my interview that hey, look, I know that this may be problematic, so I already have a plan, this is what I'm doing, and that way I could just work as the EMT until PA school started or until I had to apply again if that were to have had happened, which it, of course, did not. But it really was beneficial, honestly. I learned a lot in EMT school. It was nice to have that more patient care experience than I ever got as a scribe. And it was, I mean, I do love both of them. I think they were both very, very irreplaceable experiences and very invaluable. I learned different things in each of those, so they really complemented each other. I don't think I would have replaced one for the other, but having both of them really made it more of like a holistic view for me and made me more of a holistic applicant, I think, in that aspect. So definitely check that out. Most cities have an EMT program, if not more than one. They're usually only a semester, some a little less, some a little more. And you could always go on to become a paramedic should you go that route. Or it's really good patient care experience for PA school. So in regards to my volunteering, because of course you do need volunteer hours. Thankfully, I already had a ton of them from my undergraduate degree. That was a requirement to graduate at my university. I went to a private Catholic university, so they were very cognizant of giving back, helping in the community, and it's something that I genuinely enjoyed, so it wasn't like, oh, I have to do this, great. It was actually really nice, and I do enjoy volunteering. But that had been a while ago, as I graduated undergraduate in undergrad back in 2014. (laughs) So yeah, it had been a little minute. (laughs) So I wanted to update that. So I did go ahead and volunteer at one of my local hospitals. This was pre-COVID, of course. So it it was relatively easy to do to sign on, go to the orientations, get the trainings, make sure your vaccinations are up to date, your Tdap or your no actually your TB screen actually your PPD all of that stuff and but now of course I know it might be harder to do such a thing during COVID but the other thing that I did for my volunteer hours was I really spend a lot of time at my church I'm genuine generally there every Sunday so I just I wanted to get more involved and I decided to become a volunteer at my church. So that was one way that I was able to get more volunteer hours at a place that I already was going to, that I wanted to be more involved in. And that was a really unique and fun experience too. And something that I still do every now and then when I do have time, of course, it's been harder since PA school started. But that might be something you might want to look into if you are looking for volunteer hours and you are affiliated with a a church or whatever other community things that you're doing look into that and maybe that organization might need volunteers and it might be easier to do right now in the middle of a pandemic because I know my church I still get emails about them needing more volunteers so I know if it's like that at my church it might be like that at your church or your community gathering what have you. In regards to shadowing, because of course, as far as I know, that's still 
a requirement, although I feel so bad because I know already back when I applied, it was almost next to impossible to get shadowing experience for, you know, with a PA, but now it's even more difficult with all of the COVID restrictions and no one wanting extra people in the clinics or in the hospitals, which of course, you know, I understand, but it is really, really difficult. So if, if you do have a connection, I know I've, I did have a personal connection, so that's how I was able to get my shadowing in uh, with a PA in primary care. Of course, I do wish I had done more shadowing in different specialties because one, that looks better on your application, and two, it's ultimately more beneficial for you to be able to see what the day-to-day life looks like of not only a you know, maybe a primary care PA, but maybe a psychiatric PA or an emergency medicine PA or OBGYN PA, you know, stuff like that. So I know it's easier said than done, but try to think about maybe where you might have a connection about, you know, not what you know, but who you know type thing. Reach out on your social medias. That's something I had tried before, just asking if anyone knew of any PAs they could point me in the direction to and just politely asking them if I could shadow them. I even back in the day when I was uh, uh, going to podiatry school, I legitimately Googled podiatrist in my city and called them one by one by one (laughs) asking which ones would take a shadow. And that's how I found the one podiatrist who actually he had it. He owned his own practice. He had the phone set up to link to his cell phone and he answered himself instead of the receptionist it's harder to get to the actual provider when you have to go through the receptionist but it was him himself and he said yeah sure when do you want to come in and and it was really almost a miracle at that point (laughs) but he ended up being one of the greatest guys I learned a lot from him so you never know you just have to be able to use your connections and put in the effort and eventually it will pay off. I know, of course, it's harder right now because of COVID, but I still have hope. So just give it a try. You know, if I could do it, you can do it. Shadowing is important. Trust me. They want to see those shadowing hours. If it is a requirement for the school, then do it. Even if it's just suggested, I always say suggested means (laughs) mandatory in parentheses. So I still do it anyways. It'll put you a step ahead of the competition who maybe isn't going to do it and isn't going to put forth that extra effort to make themselves a better applicant to get into PA school. Now, another thing is your letters of recommendation. I think most schools want you to have two or three. I think on CASPA, when I applied, it was three. So I made sure to kind of reach out to those people ahead of time because I know it takes a while to send it to them them to actually do it and then to make sure it's all turned in and caspa has it so that's really if you're like a control freak like me that's probably the hardest part of the application because it it literally is not in your hands you can give them the link you can tell them to do it but after that it's on them and of course you don't want to bug them but at the same time you you want to get your application in and that's one of the pieces to that puzzle that you need so Personally, the people I asked were, of course, the PA who I shadowed because I thought that would be really important to actually have the PA. And some schools do require it to actually be a PA or another provider. 
I also had one of my professors from my previous graduate program. She wrote me one as well as my boss at the time. I was a standardized patient at one of the local medical schools and had a really great boss and she knew I was going to try to go to PA school, very supportive, and she knew me as my work ethic and could attest to that. So make sure you're choosing people who do know you. They will be able to speak to your academics or your work ethic or your personality or your ability to interact well with patients, something like that. And you can always send along your resume just to refresh their memory if it's been a while. I know I do that too with a little quick synopsis of, hey, this is what I'm going for. This is what I've been doing lately and X, Y, and Z kind of help them help you sort of thing. (laughs) So I think that worked well. I'm assuming my letters of recommendation were pretty solid. I wasn't able to actually see what they wrote, but I got in, so they couldn't have been bad, right? (laughs) And of course, you need to decide ahead of time how many classes you're going to, how many schools rather, you're going to apply to because it can get pretty pricey. You want to analyze your cost, think about getting enough schools to have the odds in your favor, but not too many that you're wasting your time and money and diluting your application really and your energy. So as you know, I applied to nine. That was my lucky number back when I was in podiatry school there are only nine podiatry schools in the nation so of course I applied to all nine so that was kind of my lucky number there I guess a little superstitious but it worked I mean I applied to nine I got invited to seven and I got accepted at the two that I did attend the interviews at now that being said you need to save up some money because it is a lot My parents did help me a little bit. I'm very thankful for that, that they were supportive of my dreams and financially able to help offset some of those costs. And the other thing, I'm not sure if everyone's aware of it, is CASPA does have a financial assistance sort of program for low-income applicants, myself being one of them. I'm not sure what the cutoff is for the income, but... I decided to try anyways, and I was pretty sure I met the requirements, so I applied. It does take a while to get approved or to find out or not, and it only covers the first school that you apply to. However, that is the priciest one, so any money saved is a blessing in my eyes, so I was very thankful for that. But of course, after you are applied, if I remember correctly, after you are approved, you only have a certain amount of time to finish up your applications. So make sure you apply for that towards the end when you're basically almost done, maybe about 75% of the way through with your applications because then you're on a time crunch. You have to have it in by whatever date they tell you after that. So I didn't know that ahead of time. I wish I would have known. It ended up working out, thankfully, but just in case you might be in those shoes, that position you want to know ahead of time once you get up once you get approved then the clock is ticking now in regards to my personal statement I know that was probably the hardest part I know for many people that's the hardest part of their application as well we're not you know creative writing 
people were not English majors. I mean, maybe some of you are, but I definitely wasn't. It had been a while since I wrote any personal narratives or essays along anything along those lines. So I know a lot of people will say to start working on it many, many months in advance, like six months or something crazy like that, which maybe that works for you. But for me, I honestly started working on mine maybe like a month before. I don't know. It only it didn't take me a dramatic amount of time. And I felt like I had a pretty solid personal statement. I tried to follow a format that I saw somewhere online and I made sure to include a little bit of all my experiences, like my shadowing, my scribing, and stuff like that about why I wanted to be a PA, making sure I addressed the prompt, right? Like that's the biggest thing. Make sure you're not telling some amazing story about patient XYZ, but that you're actually addressing the prompt of why you want to be a PA. And I also added in, of course, little things about why I would be a good candidate as a whole. Of course, you only have, I think it's 5,000 words, so you have to keep it short, sweet, to the point, and make sure you have someone read it over. I had, I think, three different people at least read mine over before, kind of give me honest feedback, make sure it sounded okay, no grammatical errors, if I needed to edit anything, take anything out, add anything, and just overall what they thought about it. And I think that's definitely beneficial. You don't have to spend money to have professionals edit yours or review it, although that is an option. That's not what I did just because I didn't have any extra money to spend on stuff like that. If I did, maybe I would have done that, gone that route, but tis life. Now, I also, another thing is, If you are like myself, I had so many different transcripts to turn in, high school, undergrad, all the community colleges that I took courses at during the summers, or, and then EMT school, and and my other graduate program, that was also very costly, so take that into consideration too, when you're trying to budget or trying to save up, and when it comes to time too, because you're going to have to wait for those to come in, get sent to CASPA or you send them yourself, however the school wants it done and your GRE scores too, or maybe now the PA cat. When I applied, it was just GRE. So right after I finished my GRE, it allowed me to choose, I think it was five schools for free or something like that, that I wanted my score sent to. And then the extra ones, I paid out of pocket, had those sent after I started my application. So that takes some time as well. So you need to make sure you're taking that into consideration, the time and money on those aspects also. I think the ultimate key when it comes to applying is apply early. I'm going to say this again. Apply early if you can, okay? Of course, make sure you still have a solid worthwhile application but do it as soon as you can especially for of course this is only for the schools that have rolling admissions but that is the majority of the schools I've found do have rolling admissions so when CASPA opens up in April you need to be ready to get started day one hit the ground running and I always think that getting it done 
before I would say April, May, June, July, before the end of July, preferably July 1st, I would say, would be what I would consider early. I had my application, I think, was completed and ready to go sometime in May. And then, of course, it takes, depending on several factors, I'm not even sure what they all are, it takes a while to actually get verified. So the schools aren't going to see your application as soon as you submit it. They're going to see it as soon as CASPA reviews everything you put, verifies it, and then they can see it. So with mine, it took like two weeks or maybe even three. It was a while. So finally, after that happened in June, I was verified. I was approved the gold stamp seal, signed seal delivered <laughs> was there and the schools could finally see my application. So I think that definitely helped me was having my application done early because of course they have more open spots and as time goes on those spots get taken and it gets harder to get accepted because when a school has all their spots open versus when they only have five left I mean, you can see what I'm talking about there. So the key would be to get it in as early as possible while still being a solid applicant. So don't just get it in early, but your application is a joke, you know, <laughs> like take your time, but be prompt with it because time is of the essence in my opinion. Now, of course, next episode, I do want to talk about how I prepared for interviews. I know interview season is among us. It's totally different this year because everything is virtual and I personally don't have experience with PA school interviews online, but I have had job interviews that were virtual and of course it's still kind of the same game. It's just virtual. So I'll be making sure to give you an episode about how I prepared for my interviews, how I think, what might be beneficial, what helped me what might help you even in the virtual realm and tune in for that of course I want to wish you all happy holidays I know Christmas is coming up or whatever holidays you celebrate make sure you spend time of course responsibly right (laughs) with your families and take some time for self-care relaxation and just giving yourself a pat on the back some grace looking for those small wins because you deserve it. Always don't forget, please, to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, to give a five-star review on Apple Podcast if you tune in on that platform, and to share the podcast with anyone you know who might be a pre-PA, a PA student, or anyone who's just interested in learning more about the PA profession and what it's like to be in PA school. As always, you know, the code for your discounts is PA underscore Liera. That's PA underscore L-E-I-R-A for 10% off your orders at Med by Live, the cutest things, cutest Christmas gifts, right? Or 15% off your subscription for my PA box. More discounts coming very, very soon, perhaps even on the next episode. So tune in for that. You don't want to miss it. And always stay positive, stay happy. I appreciate you a lot. Until next time, see you later.